This is an ABC podcast. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to farewell... Boring! He can't hear you. He dares. Shh, Grimmy. You are the worst. We're at a funeral. Well, it's so impersonal. I mean, how much do they even pay for this spectacle? Who wants white roses in a velour-lined coffin? Actually, the velour is a nice touch. But clearly no one asked him what he wanted. Well, it's not exactly dinner table conversation to ask people what they'd like their corpse to sit in, Grimmy. Yeah, but if you'd bothered to ask, you'd take out any guesswork. And based on his Instagram, I'd say he wanted a clothes casket with an ombre finish and several shirtless sailors doing the nutbush. Sure, but how do you plan for that? This episode comes with a massive spoiler alert. It's that we're all going to die. You probably knew that already. The biggest spoiler alert is that you'll likely have to arrange a funeral at least once in your life. Yeah, that's simply organising a poignant and meaningful celebration reflecting on someone's existence. No pressure. And you know what goes well with grief? Logistics. So here's what you need to know when it comes to planning a funeral. The questions you'll need to ask and what funeral directors don't want you to know. I'm doing Twilight Zone music. Anyway, I'm Jan Fran. This is The Pineapple Project. And this season, we are taking a good look at death. Because if you don't get your house in order now, someone else will probably botch it up after you're gone. Our first stop is, well, a funeral home. Oh, hello, Jen. Hello. I have someone in here um, in the prep room. It looks pretty good. OK. If you're happy to just come in and have a look or have a look at the prep room and you don't need to see him. Yeah. I can put a sheet over him too if you want. No, I'm, I'm cool. You're cool? Right. I think I'm cool. Okay. Yeah, I haven't really seen very many dead bodies um, before. Oh, I am sort of freaking out a little bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm mildly freaking out. Um, no, no, let's go in. OK. Whoa. Go you. First deceased person. OK. <laughs> okay. There is a gentleman in a casket and he's in a cardboard casket. You can see just how the fingernail changes colour. So it goes a bit darker. I don't know, my nails are painted. But see how normal fingernails are pink and his are just a little bit darker. That kind person walking me through this moment of deep personal trauma is Carly Dalton. In this line of work, I'm an event manager. I'm um, counsellor, a mediator. Some days I'm a nurse, I'm a beautician. Some days I even do a bit of surgery. I'm also, you know, a heavy vehicle driver, but you probably know me better as a funeral director. That's a pretty hectic Venn diagram to be sitting right in the middle of, right? (laughs) Funeral directors are the people you'll most likely release your loved one to after they've died. But before you do, you need to know this. Across most of Australia, it's not actually compulsory to use the services of a funeral director. Legally, you can arrange almost everything yourself, from caring for the deceased at home to conducting a funeral service, because you don't need a qualification like a wedding celebrant does. Anyone can do it. Australians, we truly love DIY. There are a lot of options, so we have put together a handy little guide about how to do your own funeral. Check it out in the episode description. 
Now, for a lot of folks, choosing to hire a funeral director means they have someone to help them wade through the many logistics. So I get it. Back to Carly at her family-run funeral home in suburban Melbourne. We're sitting on a couch next to a viewing room. Everything's tranquil. And Carly has very kindly agreed to share some secrets of the funeral industry so you have an idea of things to think about and how not to get ripped off. Starting with the basics. What can you expect them to do? A funeral director, from the moment you engage them, they're providing you with ideas, information. Quite often we'll get a phone call and, and that phone call might go something like, mum's, gonna, mum's in palliative care, she's going to pass away soon. This is the first time I've done this. I have no idea what I'm doing. So we'll say, well, okay, can we ask you some questions? And that'll get you thinking about you know, what you might like to do. So we might start with you know, cremation or burial. And they go, oh, I haven't even thought of that. Mm. Okay, so let's think about that. That's pretty um, important. Um, and would you like, you know, a, um, a celebrant or a clergy to run that funeral? Or would you like a family member? And they're like, oh, definitely not religious, so it'll either be a family member or a celebrant. And then, you know, the different venues that you can have, like an alternative venue or just a beautiful chapel somewhere or a church, you know. So another, like where do you want to hold it? Or do you want to hold it at home, you know, or in a park? And then it's things like, you know, have you thought about a coffin? You know, did mum want to be shrouded in a, something natural like a burial, like a burial tray or a wicker casket? Does she not want to pay anything for a coffin? Does she just want a cardboard coffin, which, you know, we can offer? Or does she want something really glamorous? So we've had every extreme. You know, we had one lady who passed away very suddenly and she was into bling. So we spray painted her coffin metallic silver and put 3,000 diamantes, stick-on diamantes from Kmart all over it. So it was just like when the sun shone on it, it was like, you know, dazzling. Wait, you did that? You put the diamantes on? Me and my um, girlfriend and my daughter and her girlfriend. So we had disco music on putting the diamantes on. Because <laughs> we had a lot to put on, so we needed a lot of fast music. But we, we cleared out three Kmart stores. What track were you listening to? I don't know. But, you know, it was it was some sort of, you know, high-level disco music. But we had to, we had about 20 packets of stick-on diamantes to get on there. But the the end result was amazing. Like, it was so amazing because she loved her bling. Yeah. But, you know, that's, and so her daughter said she must go out with that. i got to say that thinking of your role as a funeral director, it didn't mm. really involve, like, a craftenoon where <laughs> you're putting diamantes on <laughs> a casket. A craftenoon isn't a typical day for a funeral director, but here's the other thing you should know. Funerals don't have to be typical. Yeah, you can make them whatever you want them to be. So I would say one of the more interesting ones was a uh, a lady who, um, you know, she wanted she was a greenie and she wanted to be naked in her wicker casket and it was an outdoor funeral in the middle of a um, eco retreat down on the Mornington Peninsula, and you know so um, I said look no nakedness we're going to wrap you in calico so that you're all protected you can wear your blundstone boots be in your wicker casket, but because you're going to be outside for a number of hours, you know, on a big rock platform, I need to wrap you up and protect you a bit from the elements. So that's what we're going to do. We did that. And she was, she came in on the back of a, you know, F100 Ute, which was her favourite vehicle. Her boys drove her in, carried her in, put her on this rock pedestal. And it was like a rock concert. We had five or 600 people all with their eskies and their drinks and their picnic baskets. 
the biggest sound system you've seen in your life. And I thought I was, you know, doing a funeral for a celebrity, but she was just a local girl who everybody loved and made great cocktails. So, you know, and it was amazing. Your death should be part of one of those just things that you plan for and it should be exactly how you want it, you know. with And we have had some women who've just planned it to the nth degree with everything the way they wanted, including coming with their makeup bag with their Chanel number no. five, and their lippy and all their different body washes women, and different things. They're planners. They're and planners. They are. And men just lie back and go, the family will sort it out. You know, but the women <laughs> Typical are, they have the checklist and it comes with them to us. And it's like, okay, I'm going to take this to the family because we've got to get this implemented. Yeah, damn straight. People have some very specific ideas about what they want at a funeral and why shouldn't they? Do you know what you'd want? Yeah, I would like something quite dramatic, just just because it's a bit of fun. Some dramatic statue maybe. <laughs> maybe a big angel or hawk or something crazy. I like the idea of not being buried. I'd request to be cremated. It'd be great if it was outside, ideally, maybe at the beach. You know, I like the idea of, like, an outdoor wake. I'd like a celebration. Champagne, we'll get some cocktails up there, we'll have it in a pub, uh, and then burn me right up. I have a playlist for my service, and so people have to play that music. I want to go to a funeral and really feel something. Well, I quite like the idea of being compost, you know, one of those mushroom suit things that basically they plant you in the ground and they put the mushrooms on you and then you, you sprout a little forest of mushrooms. So I sort of like the idea of, you know, recycling myself. Either that or donate my body to science. Take my ashes, do whatever. <laughs> Scatter them, toss them like use them on the roses, whatever. So I would prefer to be cremated uh, and probably have a church service. I've got a religious background, so, yeah, and I believe in something, so it'd be nice to be sent off to the something. It's in a forest, tall redwood forest, and everyone's in novelty outfits just to make the, the vibe, like, chill. So you can't not have a fun time if you see my dad in, like, a... Where's Wally outfit or something? Well, I haven't given it a great deal of thought, but uh, I do like the idea of those. Um, I think they're sort of like some sort of box or something that that grows into a tree. That seems like a nice idea. I guess I'd like to become a tree. Such vision, Australia, and all of these things are technically possible. But to get it done, your funeral director is going to ask you a very long list of questions. Basically, they're trying to suss your needs, right? So think of it like going to any new service provider for the first time, like a new hairdresser. And what are we doing today? Burial or cremation? Coffin or no coffin? If you go with a coffin, mahogany is really nice, but you can also have a pine or cardboard one. It's just a bit more price accessible. It's a bit younger. And what about an outfit for the big day? Something formal or just a shroud? Let's talk venues. Chapel, park, RSL. So what are you doing tonight? Are we doing like a full embalming or just a natural makeup look? Who's going to conduct the service? I can do it. Or anyone else can do it. What about the guy who emceed your second cousin's wedding? Speaking of, will he be invited? Who's on the guest list? Any add-ons you want today? Flowers? Memorial booklet? DVD? Let's talk catering. Traditional burial or natural burial? Do you want me to change the music? If you're thinking, this sounds expensive, you are absolutely correct. It can be. But aside from burial or cremation, all other choices are optional. And funeral director Carly says there are ways to keep costs down. I would definitely say, um, and this is, would be my experience, um, research, like if you know that a death is imminent in the family or for yourself, research, you know, ring up funeral directors tell them, you know, this is what's happening. 
um, this is what I'm thinking. You know, I want a, cre a cremation. I wanted it in an alternative venue. I don't want to spend much on a coffin and, you know, and I want to do my own flowers and I want to you know, make my own DVD and do my own printing and whatever. So what can you do for me? I would shop around and get a quote like you do with anything else that you purchase in your life. And then if a, a funeral director says, oh, no, we need to do the DVD, we need to do the flowers, say, well, why? Why can't I do it and you test it? Ask everyone to bring a bunch of flowers from the garden and they can place it with their loved one, you know, on the day. And we have the most amazing floral arrangements just from people's garden flowers that they've bought instead of giving out uh, booklets you can um, take a photo of your loved one and there's an app called text on photo and you can just have a photo with you know loving memory or love always or you know the person's name go to officeworks make it into a jpeg and you get a printer off for 30 cents each and you give them out so rather than pay three dollars for a booklet you can pay 30 cents for a photo with a bit of writing on it you know, someone's got to obviously trot on in there and do it. But if you can be bothered, then you can save yourself money. Um, the cardboard coffin thing, we give them away for free. And people, we even deliver them to people's houses so they can decorate them. Then again, some people will go, I don't want a cardboard coffin for my loved one, you know, and that's fine. But certainly the option's there. So is a cheap funeral a bad funeral? No, not at all. Yes! to having a funeral plan and not to freak you out, but even the best laid plans can still go wrong. Very wrong. I know that there were people crying, obviously. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. Um, my mother-in-law was, uh, was mortified um, and quite shocked. <laughs> this is Heather from Gippsland in regional Victoria. A couple of years ago, she took her mother-in-law to a friend's funeral and everything was going to plan. Until, well, there was a calculation error. You know, at a normal funeral, you would see the coffin be lowered to an extent in the grave. Um, this particular one did not actually fit in the hole. The <laughs> hole wasn't big enough for the coffin. <laughs> then when they realised it wasn't going in, they basically stood on the end of the coffin and, and started to, you know, do that jump. But, you know, how you sort of put your weight on and try and really, and it wasn't going in. Someone gave, gave, gave us a stomp onto the coffin. <laughs> and I think in the end, everyone just, they, so they sort of backed off in the end, I think, because everyone was starting to get a bit, I can't believe this is happening. So Please someone is, is, is standing on, sort of jumping on the, on yep, the coffin. On the bottom, yep. To try and get it to, <laughs> to go, try and get it to go into the hole. <laughs> yes. Oh God, I feel terrible that I find that hilarious. Was anybody laughing or were they, were they I, devastated? I look, What's, how do you react to that? Well, I mean, I am not a good person um, sometimes <laughs> and I do find things that are inappropriate quite funny. And for me, I was almost in a hot flush trying not to giggle. Um, for me, it was just like I was mortified. I was. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I was standing there going, I can't believe you're actually standing on a coffin. <laughs> trying to get it in the hole. It didn't go into the hole. Hmm. Not words you want to hear ever, actually, and you really don't want to hear it in a cemetery. And look, you probably won't, but you can encounter some less than professional professionals and you can get ripped off majorly. And look, there are great funeral directors out there, no doubt, but funerals 
are big business in Australia. I'm talking $1.6 billion industry, big business. And like any business, it is buyer beware. It's such a vulnerable time for someone when a loved one has just died. Sami Jiong works for consumer group Choice, and she's been looking into this. We now have these big companies, um, two in particular own a third of the market share in Australia, and the biggest one, InvoCare, has a quarter of the market, actually, um, and a third of the market in metropolitan areas. At the end of the day, they exist to make profit for shareholders. I mean, the way that these companies expand is by buying up smaller businesses, and often when they do that, they actually keep the original name and the local community won't know that it's been taken over. Mm. And on websites, they still have words actually saying that they're a family-owned business. We got in touch with InvoCare and they told us... As an ASX-listed company, we are held to the highest levels of public scrutiny. They've also said their websites are now updated. Back to Samey. Now, as part of her investigation, Samey and her team conducted a good old-fashioned mystery shop of funeral homes around the country, getting quotes from both the big players and independent businesses. And she says that sometimes it felt like certain businesses were just making up a number. Any number. The costs of a funeral that you'll get quoted often will just vary quite significantly. So even something as basic as a direct cremation with no service, um, prices range from $1,200 to $5,600 is what we found. Um, They build massive markups into coffins. Um, The professional service fee is actually the biggest item and often that's not broken down any further even though it's always in the thousands of dollars. Viewings is another one where some just offered it at no cost but otherwise it went from $110 to $1,600. For a viewing? To view your deceased loved one? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, How is it that there is such a discrepancy in costs here? It's it's basically because funeral homes can charge what they want to charge and they're relying on um, the knowledge gap we have. Um, You know, most of the time people, if they have to organise a funeral, it's likely that it'll be the first time. It's not often that you have to organise one. So funeral directors really rely on that lack of knowledge. Yeah, you don't necessarily want to go shopping around when it comes to a loved one. And I think for some people it also feels weird to them and there's Mm. kind of guilt involved there and um, businesses can play on that as well. A lot of people go for prepaid funerals. They take comfort in knowing that the cost won't fall to their families to cover. Can you sense a butt coming on? No butt, no butt. However, do your research and be aware of what you are buying because they can be cost creep. And check to see if there is a cancellation option in case you move interstate. The thing with prepaid funerals is that you actually won't be around to see that through. It'll be family members. And there's no guarantee that you'll get exactly what you arranged. So... An example of that was a woman I spoke to who she actually prearranged a funeral for her mother for her. And one thing that was really important to her was that her mother had be placed in a rosewood coffin. 
And that was because her mother absolutely adored rosewood. She had rosewood furniture throughout her entire home and that was really important for her daughter. And then a few years later, it wasn't even that long, her mother passed away and she went back to the funeral home and they said, oh, I see you've chosen this coffin but we aren't with that supplier anymore so you're going to have to choose something else. And even though, you know, that might seem like a small thing to someone else. For her, it was just such a disappointment because she thought she'd had it all locked in. Mm. So it's kind of little details like that which... That almost negates the point of doing a prepaid funeral, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it just really doesn't... I mean, it would get, you'd come away with that ick feeling of kind of being done over. If someone thinks that they've been gouged by the funeral industry, who do they complain to? You can go to a consumer protection agency state by state. Um, or you can contact the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. Well, that sounds bleak. But in good news, there are some simple questions that you can ask to help avoid a really unpleasant experience. Here is some advice from Funeral Director Carly. So I'm talking to you now. You're my funeral director. When I ring the phone when mum dies in the middle of the night, are you going to pick up the phone? Or am I going to be put through to an answering service? You know, so are you avail- Are you the person that's going to be looking after me the whole way through or am I talking to you now but then you're going to handball me to somebody else? Who's going to be looking after my loved one? You know, are you going to be looking after them or do you have a mortician or an embalmer and who are they? Um, can I meet them? Am I able to help look after my mum, dad, auntie, nana, whoever? You know, can I help wash and dress them if that's important to you? Things like, you know, if it's really important, and this has been something that our families have asked, you know, I want a female mortician or embalmer looking after my mum or my nana. Can you guarantee that that's going to happen and that no male will see her naked? It's so secretive. It's such a secretive industry. So I would be saying, I'd like to come and inspect your premises, please. And, you know, I just think any service provider that tells you, you know, you can't use this venue or you can't have this coffin or you can't do this... Well, tell me why I can't, you know. So red flags to me of just being told what you can do um, by someone who's trying to be a little bit more controlling over the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So a loved one has died. It might be sudden. It might not be. Either way, you're vulnerable. And at the same time, your person's farewell has landed in your lap. What are the main things to think about when it comes to planning a funeral? One. Ask the funeral director for an itemised breakdown of costs, like what's a viewing going to cost and what is included in the professional service fee and how much will that DVD be? And, yeah, the funeral industry is still very big on DVDs. Two, you don't have to have anything you or your person wouldn't want. You don't even have to have a funeral. A direct cremation is often the cheapest option after someone has died and you can arrange almost everything else yourself. And three, if you're going for a coffin, you can always BYO. Coffins involve some of the highest markups in the funeral biz. Why not get something fun from the internet, eh? If the funeral home refuses to accept your coffin, ask the crucial question. What's the matter with you? And if you're feeling like this process is not going how you'd like, you can always transfer your loved one to a different funeral home. Just be aware there might be a fee involved. Oh, yeah, and if you choose cremation, for all that is good and holy, don't forget to collect your loved one. This is Meredith. So my gran passed away and 
we ended up deciding to get her cremated. So she was cremated um, by a funeral home and she was put in a, in a cremated box and then it, uh, time went by for four years. One day I just decided to pick her up. So um, I think I was coming home from work and I was like, oh, yeah, she's in there. I wonder if anyone's got her. So I just called in. And they were like, and I just said my name and her name and they're like, oh, yeah, here she is. And they just handed her over. I didn't even have to give ID or anything. Okay. <laughs> she says hi. I don't know. I'm Jan Fran. This is The Pineapple Project. And this season we are tackling the logistics of the big sleep. Death. Because everybody's doing it. Next on The Pineapple Project. Close your eyes and think about all the admin tasks you've done and will continue to do throughout your lifetime. When you die, it's not like that stuff just, boom, ceases to exist right along with you. It's just a big tangled web that's somewhere else (laughs) that I really need to kind of pick apart. So, and I mean this in a totally undodgy way, how do you get access to someone's bank accounts after they die? And how do your people untangle your affairs once you have checked out? I'm left with the with the job of having to piece together his life and figure out what to do with his, his effects. So um, what do I do? I have no idea. You're going to need some help tracking down these clues. I need an investigator. That is the next episode of The Pineapple Project. This podcast is mixed by sound engineers Angie Grant and Chrissy Miltiadu. It's produced by Carla Arnold and Claire O'Halloran. The role of grooming, the Grim Reaper, is played by Reese Nicholson. Isn't he adorable? The Pineapple Project's executive producer is Rachel Fountain. The host, oh my God, that's me, Jan Fran. And Kelly Reardon is the manager of ABC Audio Studios. What a team, people. What a bloody team. Were you thinking during this episode, what if I want to have a funeral that's, like, good for the planet? Hmm? Good thought, my friend. If you are trying to dye green, head on over to ABC podcast Little Green Pod for an episode about dying with the planet on your mind. You will hear a lot of wacky options, like eco-friendly coffins, shrouds and bush cemeteries. Is that the same as a Tibetan sky burial? Hmm. We still don't know what that is. <laughs>